Hey, what's going on, family? How you guys doing? This is the Slick Lingo Podcast, and I am your host, Larry Brown Jr. What's going on, fam? Listen, I want to talk to you today about a time in which I was laid off, right? I want to tell you about it. Some of you guys may not know, in one of my previous episodes, I discussed me going to prison and getting out and how I was able to work my way up in corporate America, making nice figures now, doing pretty well, but I'm not totally dependent upon it. You know, I I believe that it's greater for me out here, and that's what my goal and drive is, to continue to work towards that, right? So... I had just recently got back to Atlanta, the Atlanta area, and I was working through a temp service. Great temp service. They gave me work immediately. I I, I applaud those people. I wasn't making a lot of money, but I'm going to tell you something. When you're first getting out, you just want to secure a check, secure a bag. Once you get it secured, then you can focus on getting greater. When you don't have anything, $8 an hour is a lot, okay? So, listen, working for the temp service, got out. I started working at a pie factory. I was working at a pie factory, and believe me, making pies on a large commercial rate is hard, man. That's some hard stuff. And I mean that. You know, somebody told me one time he's so dumb he can't even work in a pie factory. Man, shit. Man, working at a pie factory ain't no joke. I worked at a pie factory, and I used to have to do anything from packing dough, which was hard. Packing dough ain't no joke. To dumping boxes of pecans. I used to work in this oven where we used to make these graham cracker crusts. So the goal was to just, somebody would dump graham crackers down and the graham crackers would come through and they would, um, well, I, I would cook the graham crackers and then it was a production line and it would go and it would, they would be grinded up from, by the time they left, they baked through an oven where I was. Um, they come out and then they rolled up a, a long line and then they went through this grinder and the grinder would grind them up and they would land into this like tote. And in this tote, by the time I filled up a tote, the guys would come get a tote and they would use that for the graham cracker crust of the pies. So, and that was hard, man. And it was tough because you never knew where you were going to work. So you would come in the day dressed for the refrigerator. And because you'd have to work in the refrigerator, say, you know, they got Hershey pies and cheesecakes that you got to go work in the refrigerator, the refrigerated area. And it was cold. Or some days you'll come in and you got to work in the oven. Some days you'll come in, you got to work on the dough, packing dough, man, packing dough wasn't no joke. But I worked there and I needed to go back to Nashville and get my driver's license. The problem when you work at a temp service, it's hard to get days off. So I needed to go back to Nashville to get my driver's license because before I went to prison, they had gotten suspended. They suspended my driver's license because I had a reckless driving ticket. So I talked to the temp. And it's crazy because when you work at the temp service, you work for the temp service, but you actually work for the people on the job. So when you tell people you're not coming to work, you literally have to communicate that to both. You have to tell the temp service that and you have to tell the people on the job. But it's probably best you tell the temp service. So I told the guy on the job named Randy. I had never really worked before, so I didn't know. I told this buster, hey, man, um, I need to be off, Randy. I'm thinking I'm part of the company. I'm a part of the team. Hey, man, I need to be off tomorrow, man. I got to ride, and I have to go take care of a little business. He said, okay, yeah, 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 okay, fine. Jumped in my car. My sister, me, my younger sister, she rented a car. We drove up there. I got my driver's license back, paid the money. I'm back licensed which was a benefit because as soon as I get my license back, I can start looking for driving jobs, okay? All right, so cool, got my license, came back the next day to go to work. I'm not on the schedule no more. You're not on the schedule no more, Larry. 
I'm not on a schedule anymore. Why? Uh, well, you just no call, no show yesterday. No call, no show. I told Randy. Messed up. Supposed to told the temp service. So they let me go. But I explained it to the temp service, and the girls, the ladies at the place knew me, and they knew I was not full of it. I was for real. I did everything I said, and I just messed up. So she told me next time, she said, next time, yeah, you communicate that with them, but you communicate that with us, and we'll follow up with them just to make sure they know. Because he's trying to play it like you no call, no show, but we've experienced this with him before. So little be known that temp, temp agency was losing the contract to work in there anyway. So they probably had another three or four months and they wasn't going to be there anyway. So I got a job working at another place. They got me another place immediately. Like I didn't even miss a paycheck. They said, don't worry about it. I mean, we got another place. It's pretty cool, too. It was around about the holiday season of 2004. It was right around the holiday season. I mean, right around Christmas time, 2004, Thanksgiving and Christmas time, 2004. And I started working there. And I, I I was just down to do whatever, man. And I had all that in, energy for being in the joint. I was in shape because up in Tennessee, they let us lift weights. So I was strong. I used to run five miles. I had energy, man. So I wanted to come in and prove myself. So I came in this place and I bust my ass. Y'all hear me? I bust my ass in this place, man. I worked my, man, I worked my face off in there. And I did everything they needed me to do. But the one place I was at, they didn't have any more work for me. And they moved me to another place. And I started working for this guy named Richard, but everybody called him Dick. Dick was cool, man. He was cool. And I, I learned how to drive a forklift down there with Dick. So my thing is, I, I my goal was that every job I ever worked, I wanted to get better at something. So that's what I did. And that's still my goal to this day. So I started working there and I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to drive a forklift here. And I'm going to get there. And, and when I got there, he was like, you know how to drive a forklift? I said, yeah, I know how to drive a forklift. He said, okay, that's good. That's good. So I, I found somebody there that I knew. He was a maintenance man. He helped me during my lunch break. I, you know, I, I taught myself how to drive a forklift. So I learned how to drive a forklift, started driving a forklift. All right, time went on. I was doing a great job. It was okay. They weren't paying me that much. But like I said, $8 an hour when you're first getting out is a lot. Time went on, you know, a month. Normally with the temp agency, they got a six-month inspiration date. After six months, they got to hire you or not, right? Most of them just keep you around until you just don't show up one day. Like, until you just, one day just say, you know what, I'm done. You know what I mean? Or they say, okay, we'll hire you on. But most of them don't want to hire you on because if they did, they would have hired you from the get-go. But okay, cool. After about three months in, Dick came to me and said, hey, Larry, how you doing, man? Look, if you find anything, you should take it. I was like, okay. And at the time, y'all got to remember, man, I ain't really worked that many jobs. So what he was saying was, I'm, I'm getting ready to let you go. But he was man enough to come tell me that. So I found a cousin. It was a guy that worked on the job. We, we had connected immediately. Come to find out we were family members. Didn't even know it. We were cousins, man. First and second, my second cousins. And we didn't even know it. So I went to him. I was like, hey, man, look, he told me this, man. And what what you, you think? He said, yeah, he's telling you he, he getting ready to let you go. I said, all right, cool. So. I decided, since I didn't have many more prospects, that I was going to show Dick he needed me. You need me, brother. So I worked my butt off. I stayed late, came in early. Whatever he needed me to do, man, I did it. I worked, man. But what he started doing was nitpicking me, finding little bitty inch, I mean, just problems in everything I did, man. Everything I did, he found a problem in it, man. Like, Larry, you didn't do this. Larry, you, I thought I said this. And I was like, but I did it. And, and it, everything I did. And my cousin, who I found out my cousin, he said, man, he's just trying to find a reason. He's trying to build himself up to fire you, man. Like, that's all he doing. 
I said, okay. But I at the time, I didn't have many more prospects. So you understand, I'm getting all my work through the temp service. All I knew up until then was hustling, street-level hustling, right? I didn't know, you know, going about it the right way, trying to make money. You know, everything I ever did was criminal activity. So I'm in this place of don't want to go back where I've been, but unsure about where I'm going. I don't know if you guys been there before. But long story short, I came in one Friday. He let a bunch of us go. Like, he let me and probably about seven, eight more people go all in one day. And I, it hurt me. Like, I was like, dang, man. And I left there, and I told the temp, I called the temp ladies, and she said, yeah, yeah. No, no, they called me back, and I was getting out, and they called me and said, yeah, Larry, we just got to, um, we just heard that they letting y'all go today, but don't worry about it, Larry. We got something for you already. I said, man, really? They was like, yeah, don't worry about it. And them ladies had something for me immediately. I mean, I immediately started working probably about two days later, driving forklift that I learned there, right? Now, the point I'm trying to make today is I remember the feeling of helplessness and hopelessness, right? My only hope at that time was that that man could keep me on. And the truth of the matter is he couldn't keep me on. A lot of times they can't keep you on. It's just a numbers game. It, ain't, it don't have anything to do if they like you. It don't have anything to do if they appreciate you. It don't. It's all about what they can afford to do. All right? So he couldn't keep me. He was a good guy. He gave me five letters of recommendations written in multiple different ways that I can take and give out. I mean, the man really was trying to help me, but I remember how I felt hopeless. And my whole strategy was to try to make him want me more, to make him need me more. And I can tell you something, man. Listen, I'm all about building up your worth and making people need you. But at the end of the day, you need to have, get this, y'all, you need to have faith and hope, not just in the Lord, but in your capabilities as well. Because faith without work is dead. So you need to have faith in your capabilities, what you can do, what you're able to create for yourself, the security that you're going to make for yourself. I never, ever, 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 ever want to be in a position again of feeling like I'm hopeless or helpless because someone else cannot provide for me. I'm going to say that again. I never want to be in a position again of feeling helpless and hopeless because someone else, I want someone else to can't provide for me. You get what I'm saying? So what's the solution? I'm going to give you two things, right? Number one, number one, get this. You have to be working on your thing while times are good. You have to be working on your thing while times are good. Instead of sitting around while you just coasting, and I used to always rag my son, like, man, you just going to work and come home, just cutting on your game, having, you know, you're not trying to better yourself in no kind of way. We all need income, right? So until we can provide it for ourselves, we're going to have to work for somebody. But the one caveat is you're going to have to create your tomorrow. Now, if you work at a place and you love it and they can afford to keep you around for 30 years, then fine. But at the end of the day, that's just not a reality in today's economy. Places that can afford to do that today may can't afford to do it 10 years from now. Or guess what? You may cost them too much and it's just a numbers game. So you are responsible for doing that for yourself. This is America, guys. You have ample opportunity right now to create something. Like I'm speaking into this microphone in a closet pretty much that I build in my house. Well, it's a booth that we build in my house. I bought a bunch of pad off Amazon. I paid a few dollars for a microphone. And I decided that I want to put something out in the wave that eventually one day may make me some money. It ain't making me no money now, but I'm taking a shot at it. 
Why? Because I never want to be in a position of being helpless and hopeless and totally dependent upon someone else's ability to keep me around or someone else's ability to pay me. All right. Because the reality is things change. So that's my encouragement for you today, right here and right now. All right. Never get caught in that position of helpless and hopelessness that you're only totally dependent upon someone else. Always keep your option too open. Always keep your side hustle open. Always do it. All right, man. This Larry. Slick Lingo Podcast. I appreciate you guys for rocking with me today, family. This episode 56. I'll talk to you guys next time. Hold it down. Peace. <laughs>